from Michigan Radio. This is It's Just Politics. I'm Zoe Clark. It was a historic week in Lansing. Governor Whitmer started the week by signing the largest tax overhaul in a decade. You know, it's a new day in Lansing. Democrats used their new majorities to repeal the state's dormant 1931 abortion ban. They voted to maintain the right of all Michiganders to make their own health care decisions, to make their own family planning decisions, to decide what happens to their own bodies. The state house votes to repeal right to work. I rise today to put control back in the hands of workers and their unions. And new polling shows Michiganders continue to support gun safety legislation as bills move at the Capitol. Zach Gorchow is here. He is executive editor and publisher of Gongwer News Service. Hi, Zach. Hello, Zoe. And Rick Pluta, senior Capitol correspondent for the Michigan Public Radio Network and co-host of It's Just Politics. Hi, Rick. Hello, Zoe. So, Zach, I got to tell you, I have been waiting all week to talk to you and to get your sense about what happened in Lansing this week. It's not hyperbole to say that this was truly a historic week in Lansing, is it? It is not. It is not hyperbole to say that. I mean, after the Democrats won control in November, you know, everyone knew the wave of major Democratic priority legislation was coming, got maybe knocked a little off kilter by governor pushing some spending priorities early and the legislature lost a couple of session weeks for various reasons but it hit big time this week and this is what democrats have been clamoring for in many cases for all their lives in the state of michigan is a wave of pro union pro gun control pro abortion rights legislation rick what was the mood at the Capitol this week? Depending on which side you are on, angry or jubilant. You know, the question going into this session with, you know, unified, albeit slim Democratic control in the legislature with a Democratic governor was how big and how fast Democrats were going to go to enact policy priorities. How far would they go, especially on on some of the more uh, controversial things? And, uh, you know, we found the answer is that uh, they are not waiting around except for the the hiccups along the way that Zach mentioned. Zach, it's been two months since the new Democratic majority took control. And there had been, as you mentioned, a lot of questions, right, about how quickly they would move some of this more controversial legislation. What do we know about why they're pushing it right now so quickly? I know we've heard, you know, that they wanted to get it done before spring break, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. So I think it's a a mix of things. Uh, One is you do have the spring recess coming up, and that's sort of traditionally a point where you, you know, kind of reflect, okay, what has gotten done so far? Um, There there was definitely a lot of discussion that to get some of the spending through that the governor wanted for economic development, that a number of progressive legislators in the Democratic caucuses said, "Okay, it's time to move right to work. We're going to move this stuff. And obviously, the MSU shooting has really created a major impetus for gun legislation that didn't seem to be there, at least in the first couple of weeks of the session. So you also have the fact that these are one seat majorities for the Democrats in both houses. And the House Democrats have been very open about the fact they're going to be missing some people, uh, at least next week and 
you know, for the, the Republicans have made it clear, unless all 56 Democrats are voting for something, they're not coming on, you know, they're not going to do the Democrats any favors. So all those things combined, it seemed created this atmosphere where it was like, we need to move. I mean, really, if you looked at it a week, a week ago, you would kind of wondered, where is the Democratic legislation? And it sort of was mm-hmm. stuck in neutral. They had spend almost all their time working on economic development funding and it split the Democrats in some ways. And I don't know that it was really the first two months that they would have envisioned, but boy, they sure made up for it here this week. Um, As Zach mentioned, these are slim majorities. People are going to be missing and it's a great time for the Democrats to uh, be in control of the calendar because they're going to be short some members. Zach, How are Republicans who are in the minority for the first time in years and years and years reacting? Well, it's um, it's difficult when the the shoe is on the other foot and they're struggling with it because the Democrats are running a railroad in a lot of ways right now. They are they are racing a lot of bills through Um, in some cases, not all cases. They have not bothered to put bills through the committee process. In other cases, which we saw this week, they are having bills go through committee and the floor of the House or Senate in the same day, which is not generally typical. It's not unheard of by any means, but it's not your typical process. So the Republicans are are saying, well, this is outrageous. But, you know, I think the Democrats would say pot, meat, kettle. Uh, We're just, you know, doing what you taught us to do all those years. Of course, you could look back and say, well, the Democrats are being hypocritical and I guess I would say welcome to politics. Uh, Hypocrisy is like the daily currency of politics. And and the Democrats, I think, realize, you know, they've been elected to move some of these major priorities. And in some cases, not all of them, um, in some cases, there's there's not necessarily a need for deep study. You could look at any number of these issues have been out there for a while, like repeal of right to work. There's probably not a lot that a, a prolonged committee process is going to uh, resolve, unlike other issues. So until other bills start working their way up through the committees, the Democrats seem intent on moving very quickly. And I think there's also a little sense of uh, sticking a uh, thumb in the eye of Republicans who I'm especially thinking of right to work really rammed that through quickly once a path became clear. And, you know, when this came up, we were sort of all preparing to see whether or not we were going to see the same drama and sound and fury that surrounded the legislature's approval of the right to work law. And we really didn't. And I think that maybe Democrats felt some, uh, you know, felt some comfort, you know, in that. Also, Democrats are still learning how to govern. They're better at it now than they were. But after four decades of not running things at all in its entirety, they're still developing their skills for uh, running a railroad. That's Rick Pluta, senior capital correspondent for the Michigan Public Radio Network. We are also speaking with Zach Gorchow, executive editor and publisher of Gong War News Service. Zach, let's let's talk more about right to work. State House Democrats added an appropriation to this bill, right? They added a million dollars. Can you explain why this is significant? Oh, boy. How much time do we have? Not much. I'll I'll try to do the quick version. Um, Under the Michigan Constitution, as interpreted by a Supreme Court ruling from 2001, 
any bill that contains any amount of appropriation to a state department or agency cannot be subject to referendum, meaning a group of people decide they don't like that bill after it becomes law and they go and collect signatures equal to 5% of the total vote for governor in the last election. And then that the, the voters have the final say in a November election on that bill. But if any funding is in there, it cannot be subject to referendum. And Republicans came up with the idea of using some funding in a bill to immunize it from referendum 23 years ago on a, on a pro-gun bill. Mm-hmm. And it has stuck. And Democrats have absolutely disdained that tactic that Republicans probably used somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 15 times since then. Called it, you know, an affront to democracy, an affront to the Constitution. But here we are, less than three months into their first shot at majority. And what did the House Democrats do? They used the tactic. They put a million dollars into the bill repealing the right to work statute so that it cannot be subject to referendum. And it really, you know, I mentioned hypocrisy is pretty much daily. Uh, occurrence in politics. But this is pretty extraordinary. I mean, I don't know. Democrats have hated on Republicans in Michigan for a lot of things. This is at the top of them. Was this move to stop a referendum 20 plus years ago on this pro-gun bill? And it, it was pretty amazing to see them not really bat an eyelash at using it, especially since Governor Whitmer has said she will not sign bills that would stop referendum potential. She's even signed an executive directive Mm -hmm. saying she will not support bills that contain appropriations to prevent referendums. We should point the the appropriations language in the Constitution isn't really supposed to be about policy bills. It's supposed to protect the full faith and credit of the state of Michigan from having actual budget bills, appropriations bills hanging in question if there's a possibility that someone would try to uh, challenge it using the referendum process. I mean, it's it's there for a reason. And also, the money that they put in here was a million dollars, which is a lot of money for you and for me. But in the context of a state budget, it's like putting in a dollar just to, uh, you know, just to make sure that it's inoculated from the uh, threat of a, of a referendum. And the money doesn't actually have to be spent. An appropriation is not a mandate to spend, that it can be sitting there if for some reason the, you know, the budget comes down to uh, make or break a million dollars, they could actually take that one million dollars and shift it, uh, you know, shift it somewhere else. Zach, you reported this week that there are already conversations among folks who are very unhappy about this repeal, about putting together a ballot campaign, a constitutional amendment. Tell us more. Right. So a lot of what appear to be big Republican funders, particularly from the west side of the state, who are strongly supportive of the right to work statutes and really helped muscle through and make sure the right to work legislation passed more than 10 years ago, are talking about pursuing the petition signatures necessary for a constitutional amendment enshrining the right of a worker not to join their union or to and to not pay a non-member fee into the Michigan Constitution. And this is something the legislature cannot stop. They're probably going to need somewhere in the neighborhood of 600,000 signatures to do it, which is a, you know, a lot of signatures, but can be done. They haven't decided whether to go forward, but it would really, I, I think they feel the polling is on their side 
you know, workers should be able to make that choice. The unions and Democrats would disagree, but they're, you know, that's their feeling. The other thing I think the supporters of this feel is it's a no-lose proposition. that They put it up there. They've already lost in statute, so mm-hmm. why not try this? And you force the unions to spend 10, 20, 30 million, maybe more, to try to defeat it. You know, instead of spending that money on other campaigns and causes, the uh, unions pursued a collective bargaining proposal of their own in 2012. And I believe they and the opponents to that spent somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 million combined. That might be cheap compared to what this battle will cost. We should also point out that this is we've talked about this before, but this could be sort of that parallel track to help Republicans organize, fundraise, and drive turnout. The Michigan Republican Party apparatus right now is in a shambles. With the leadership of Christina Caramo, a lot of funders are heading for the hills that organizationally they're really, really challenged. This is something that could bring the business community on board to donate, but you know, also bring them back into the fold. That, like Zach said, it's really a win-win that that while Democrats and unions might be spending money that could be better spent elsewhere, there's probably not a better place for Republicans to spend their money other than on something like this. That's Rick Pluta, senior capital correspondent for the Michigan Public Radio Network, and Zach Gorchow, executive editor and publisher of Gongwer News Service. So happy to talk with both of you and get your insights this week on What a week it was in Lansing. Thanks, you guys. Thanks. Thanks. Be here. It was quite a week. The Michigan House approved gun safety bills this week that include a requirement for universal background checks on gun sales. There was also movement on gun bills in state Senate committees. Rich Shuba is founder of Glenn Gariff Group. He joined us a few weeks ago to put into context where Michiganders are in their opinion on gun safety legislation. He is back with new polling out just this week. Hi again, Rich. Hi again. So when we last talked, it was right after the shootings at Michigan State University, right after Democrats had just begun to introduce gun bills. And you shared previous polling you had done that showed Michiganders were in favor of universal background checks, red flag laws, and safe storage laws. Let's first start with these three policy proposals. Where do Michiganders stand now in your latest polling? Actually, they haven't shifted. Nothing's different. We've got 88% supporting background checks, 75% on red flag laws, and 80% on safe storage. Uh, What's interesting here is voters in households with guns support all three by large margins. And we asked voters how important or not important was it that the legislature passed these bills? 80% of voters say it's important. And two-thirds of them think it will make the state safer. But one of the interesting numbers, things we asked, was on background checks. If an elected official votes against background checks, are you more or less likely to vote for that official? Two-thirds of voters said they are more likely to vote against that official. Hmm. So there's some real power behind these issues now. You also asked voters about new policy, including a waiting period for buying firearms. What did you find? Well, what we found was voters are saying, don't stop at those three bills. 
they found 75% support a 14-day waiting period to take possession of a gun. They found 74% of voters support increasing the purchase age from 18 to 21 for guns that aren't used for hunting or agricultural purposes. And interestingly, 73% of voters support banning 3D ghost guns that don't have serial numbers or can kind of evade metal detectors. And I think voters are saying, there's no one answer here. And they're open to putting up some basic checkpoints to make sure that guns aren't getting into the wrong hands. They're not saying ban guns. They just want to make sure they're not getting into the wrong hands. Rich, it's been decades since you've worked in politics, but I'm curious if you were to advise current sitting lawmakers, what would you say? What I tell them is, you know, I would be the first to admit that in past years, past decades, these gun issues did not move voters. The world has shifted on them, and I think they have to remember that. Uh, you know, I passed a high school the other day that was having a lockdown drill. That never happened 15, 20 years ago. That happens regularly now. This threat has moved from an existential threat that was virtue signaling by both parties, you know, in years past, to a real authentic threat that has moved into families' households. And that's why this issue is taking on such resonance with the voters because it's real and they're threatened by this now and they want some action. That's Rich Shuba. He is founder of Glenn Gariff Group. Rich, thank you always so much for your time. Good to be here. And our digital team at Michigan Radio has put together a gun legislation tracker. It will keep you up to date on where gun safety legislation stands in both chambers of the legislature. We'll link to it on the It's Just Politics page at michiganradio.org. And that is It's Just Politics for today. I am Zoe Clark. Let's talk again next Friday.